So, Michaela, mm-hmm. dinner party at your place. <laughs> Sound familiar? You can't. Oh, I'm going to take I'm my gonna, questions Because from... you know what? I reckon listeners were sitting there going, okay, so was this going to get these four really cool dudes and Scarlett Johansson? Mm. Uh, and if you haven't listened to that episode, <laughs> you should go back and listen to the previous one. But come on, five celebrities, doesn't have to be movie stars. Okay. Dinner party. Who are they? Okay, so uh, Dead or Alive? Yep. Steve Irwin? Yep. And uh, Bindi and Robert Irwin, so they could see their dad again? Yep. So that's three. You're a sweetie, aren't you? I know. Hugh Jackman? Oh, yeah, obviously. And uh, it's a toss between Ed Sheeran or Prince Harry for the redhead. Wow. Um, You've you've already used four. Yes, I've got to pick one. Okay, uh... Uh, Ed Sheeran because he's funny and plays the guitar and he can, you know, sing songs to me. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. And welcome to another episode of the Tradies Business Show. I'm Michaela. And I'm Warwick Walker Bidwell, apparently. Oh, says Michaela. G'day, listeners. Welcome to the show. And uh, I can't believe that you uh, chose one of yours. <laughs> I'm not picking on your choices, but Ed Damn. Sheeran, really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Oh, yeah, no, he does it. I'm, I'm starting to learn a bit more about you. Yeah, yeah. He's... 60-something episodes and I'm finally getting some insights. Yeah. Him and Hugh. At the... Oh, yeah. Hugh, I get. You know, he could oh. really literally get his claws into you. <laughs> All right, so uh, today we're talking to a lawyer. Everybody, wake up. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we, we're chatting with Aaron Griffiths from Onsite Law about uh, a couple of things that I think cause a lot of tradies some stress and perhaps some disagreements is uh, partnerships and mm-hmm. commercial leasing, so renting your premises if you've got them. Yeah, and actually today's episode could save you a shitload of money. Yeah, Can we say that's shit? the technical term. Yeah. Well, you just said it twice. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Don't go there. But yes, you could avoid um, some massive pitfalls, and and honestly, uh, Aaron's done himself out of some professional fees here by, yeah. by sharing these tips. Because seriously, if you do the stuff that he talked about, um, you really can stay away from solicitors and um, avoid some really costly arguments that happen between business partners or with your landlord, or you know, even um, JVs and partnerships. So you may not actually be in a, in a business partnership with them, but just referral business or a, or a joint venture. Yeah, and actually I can sum up the whole episode now is just getting good with your partner's wife. I think that was the... the mm, you not, really not grabbed hold good. of that, didn't you? Not too good with the partner's wife, if you know what I mean. Not Ed Sheeran good. No, no, just like, you know, <laughs> take them to dinner once in a while and say how great they are or something like that. But you'll, you'll work out why in the episode. All right, let's get into it. Great to have a lawyer on the show today. Oh, we must be proper. Today. I even I even wore a shirt with a collar. Yes, um, so be careful what we say. Yeah. You know, we don't want any issues. Well, he's not that kind of a lawyer. Welcome to the show, Aaron Griffiths from Onsite Law. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure, mate. Uh, we promise this will be an exciting episode. <laughs> Just because we have a lawyer on doesn't mean it can't be entertaining and informative. That's right. That's right. I'll, I'm, I'm here to um, break this stereotype. Great. So I've actually got a question that's got nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today, Aaron, uh, and that is lawyer or solicitor. What's, what's the go? Is, are they different things? 
Yeah, look, um, they essentially mean the same thing. I, I, I think that um, the word lawyer has crept in from um, uh, as we become more and more Ameri- Americanized. But um, essentially in Australia, um, you can come through as a solicitor or a barrister. And solicitors are the guys like me that do the paperwork behind the scenes and put the contracts together and um, do all the papers. And then the barristers are the guys that go off to court and um, they're those silky smooth speakers that, um, you know, probably the ones that people are more familiar with from TV uh, that get up and present in court. So lawyers is the colloquial term to describe both solicitors and barristers in Australia. Fun fact. So there you go, listeners. We've uh, we've just busted a myth. <laughs> this is all about busting some of the uh, terminology myths in industry. So thanks for answering that for me, mate. I can sleep at night now. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so Aaron, tell us a bit about yourself, mate, just so people know um, who is this bloke we're talking to, this lawyer solicitor fella. Um, you haven't always been doing this, have you, mate? No. Well, my name's Aaron Griffiths, and I'm the director of Onsite Law. Um, we're a, a small legal practice um, based in the Kiwana area uh, on the Sunshine Coast, and we practice um, mostly in business and commercial matters as well as property, so we do lots of conveyancing. And, yeah, the, my business is about um, five years old, and prior to that, I've, I've had a number of jobs. Um, I've had my stint... Uh, on a, on a on a road crew while I was going through uni, so um, uh, I'm sort of familiar with um, with the the high vis and steel cap boots, and had to put on a hat, <laughs> uh, hard hat to get myself through uni. So I uh, <laughs> like to think that I remember those grassroots. Did you get some calluses on your hands, mate? Did you actually like swing a shovel or something? Well, it's uh, pretty embarrassing because. Um, on my first day, I rocked up in. Uh, my mum had actually bought me some brand new hard yakka, bright yellow sort of boots from from Kmart, I think. Uh-oh. And uh, of course, my high vis didn't have a mark on it. So when I rocked up onto site for the first day for my induction, um, you know, the guys saw me as a real blue flame and. Uh, yeah, I copped a fair bit that first week, let's just say that. <laughs> so there's a bit of hazing goes on uh, in the trades, mate. Well, I think uh, like any anywhere you, you've got to get broken in is kind of um, the uh, unwritten convention part of starting in a, in a trade-type job. So there were plenty of jokes played on me. And um, uh, I was a vegetarian at the time, so... Uh, I copped a lot actually. I, I was hoping for a really cool nickname on site because um, there were a few really tough guys there, and they had really cool names. Like uh, I think one guy's name was Meadax or something, and, and I was like, <laughs> okay, I, I'm hoping for a really cool name like that. And uh, they found out I was a vegetarian at the time, and I got nicknamed Veggie, and so uh, I kind of got a um, shiver down my spine every time Veggie came over the radio all over the job site. <laughs> No, uh, veggie, we need a shovel up in the sector three, veggie. <laughs> uh, that's good, mate. That's good. So uh, obviously none of that uh, as a solicitor, mate. Um, so you're a bit of a, a late entry to the industry, Aaron? Um, well, well, not really. I, I did the um, I, I did the tradie sort of stuff, um, uh, like labouring mostly to help fund my way through university and then um, 
Uh, I, I've been in and around law um, since about uh, 2000, so I've had a good decade um, in the business. So um, yeah, you get to you get to see a fair bit in in that period of time, and um, and I've also I guess seen uh, a peak as well as a GFC in the economy. So that's given me I guess a pretty a pretty full spectrum of trading conditions that you know might affect tradies out there and 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 business owners and property owners um and and the mentalities that change when things are good and then when things are bad mm. and i guess uh, it goes without saying there'd be a lot more um arguments when times are tough people are uh, feeling the pinch and probably more inclined to to argue about uh, contracts or leases and those sorts of things well, that's right, and that's one interesting thing about law as a as a career. Um, uh, there's always one area that's booming, and when times are tough, you know the litigators and family lawyers and the bankruptcy guys, you know they're going gangbusters, and and liquidators are going gangbusters. And then when times are good, um, it's it's more the guys like me that that benefit. Um, the guys that are putting the deals together and and uh, you know giving property advice and and doing conveyancing and like the phase we're in at the moment, a lot of people are buying property and expanding their businesses and looking to grow. So there's more joint ventures happening and there's more things happening. So it's a good period for me. Um, and that's another reason why I enjoy it as well. Yeah, so one thing we uh, talk about a lot on the show is joint ventures and partnerships with people and things like that to help traders grow their business so in terms of whether it's a partnership with a, a fellow owner or a joint venture deal what are some of the common mistakes that you're seeing happening um, I think people I think um, in that initial euphoria and the initial excitement and you've met someone and you're seeing all their positive qualities initially it's a bit like dating you know you always see the positives first when you start dating someone. You've got the beer goggles on. And, and it's, not until, it's not until you get into the relationship that their bad qualities start to emerge. <laughs> then you start to you start to wonder, can I live with this person? And um and at that point you're you're kind of in for a penny, in for a pound. And at that point a lot of people realise maybe I wasn't overly clear about my expectations going in and maybe we didn't jot down or write down um, you know what I was going to contribute and what I expected the other person to contribute so people kind of feel their way through it and and if you do realize I don't know if I'm compatible with this person all of a sudden it's very hard to separate when you've got um, your business and finances and things all intertwined and it becomes a lot harder to separate and then you get arguments over um, well how to how to split and um, I think that all comes back to just not not sitting down and taking the time at the front end before you commit to the joint venture uh, about your respective obligations and you know how you see it running and I guess your ideal your ideal relationship and you know it's a lot like dating speaking from experience Aaron Oh, oh, totally. Uh, I've been I've been dumped in many a coffee shop uh, because uh, you know the young ladies uh, might might not have liked the way things were going. <laughs> I find that hard to believe, mate. Smooth, uh, <laughs> a smooth solicitor like you, Aaron. 
But, mate, it is, it is such a great point um, about those expectations at the outset. What are some of the key areas that people really need to consider, whether it is a joint venture or a partnership, but going into that, that business relationship with another person, what are some of the key areas they really should be looking at? Well, I think um, on you know the first step is what will that person, what will that person contribute, and what will I contribute in terms of not just money but time and skill set and um, energy and um, uh, you know whether it's an hourly commitment or um, uh, you know there's KPIs or certain certain goals that we want to get to or certain targets having. You know, they don't have to be concrete, but if you've got some idea of where you're going and, and you jot that down together, even if it's, even if you, you know, <clears throat> solicitors like me love you to have a, a formal document, you know, a, a partnership agreement, um, but often I say to people before they get there, jot, jot it down on a piece of paper together, sit down um, and, and, and get it all down. And that's your starting point, really, your blueprint for your, uh, for your joint venture. And... That's stage one. Um, stage two, I think, which is often overlooked, is you're not just going into business with that person. Often, you're going into business with that person's spouse as well. And they can have a hugely influential impact on the decision-making of your, of your partner. And so what I suggest, this isn't so much a legal thing, but more just a common sense thing. You know, you need to make sure that your partner's family's on board with um, with the direction you're taking the business, and you know they. Um, it can be hard for a spouse to, you know. I think if you if you let them know what's happening and you give them an idea of the direction, and you know, especially okay, we're committing to a three month period where we're going to have our heads down and we're just going to crack this section out of the business. Is everybody okay with that? Are the spouses okay with maybe us working a bit late for the next three months because we've got these targets? This is where we're going to go, and the and the expectation is that once we do that, we're at this next phase, and you know things are better for everyone, and everyone makes money, and our families benefit from that. So I think if you can make that clear and get the spouses, you know, involved or aware of what's happening and communicate with them, you're less likely to have situations later on where. You know, you've got a spouse in the ear of your partner saying, well, hang on a minute, you're doing more work than him or, or her. Um, this isn't fair. I don't think you should stay in this partnership. And then you start to, those seeds of doubt get planted and that's where you start to have, like I guess, an outside force undermine what you're trying to achieve. And you might get along great with your partner, but, you know, all of a sudden he's got that influence happening. That's a great point. I, d I really don't think people actually think that next step of the partner's family and uh, have they got their buy-in, you know. And often they may not understand business or the industry you're in, so they really don't understand what's going on. So I think that's a really key point, to spend some time with the families explaining what the visions are and everyone's expectations so everyone is supportive because you're right. I mean, you're, you're spending all day with someone that gets it, then you're going home and spending someone that perhaps is resenting your time away from the family or they just see, you know, one side of it. So it's a really good point and I don't think enough people when going into partnerships really look at that. That's right and, and I don't think it requires any technical any technical expertise from the spouse or you're not you're not asking them to um, to do anything specific for the business if they're not involved, if they're a spouse that's not 
involved in the business, but it's just giving them a heads up and I guess, um, yeah, just setting setting um, the picture for them and uh, so that they've got some expectation of what's happening with the business and they feel included and um, I think it can have a, a huge uh, improvement on how things go because if I'm honest, a lot of the disputes that I see when people come in are linked in some way to to a spouse, um, you know, which is, I think, just a lack, lack of communication at the front end. So you're saying be single and go into a partnership or get divorced <laughs> prior? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, not exactly. I'm, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, people just, just, just be mindful that, um, you know, I, I think people think of it as their business and their role, but really your family is included in, in an indirect, on a, on a secondary level, and it really helps to, to just let them know what's going on so that they don't get cranky if they're not seeing you um, as much as they'd like later on. But it's all about communication. Mate, what's uh, – and I know you obviously wouldn't talk about specifics and, and you can't, but uh, have you got any examples or – I hate the word case study, but uh, I guess little case studies that um, you could share with us just to illustrate, I guess, good example and bad example for our listeners so they get a sense of – you know <laughs> how badly it could go, and perhaps some of the the, the issues specifically, and and maybe a good example of uh, you know a, a client you've had that's done it well. Yeah, um, I guess without without being too specific, um, I guess the the classic, uh, and I've been I've worked for um, you know I've worked for uh, businesses myself where they've they've had three partners and. Um, in this particular example, um, they're very different individuals. Uh, uh, for example, one guy was um, probably what I call the grinder, uh, who uh, does monster hours. You know, has no uh, no problem doing all nighters. Uh, um, his family, whether they like that or not, I'm not sure. But you know, they 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 know that that's what he's like. You know, he'd stay back to midnight quite often. And then you've got. One of the other partners who's very social and has a lot of contacts doesn't believe in doing the monster hours, but um, he's more of what I call the finder. He's the fi- the, the rainmaker style business owner who, uh, he, you know, he's most valuable for bringing work in. Um, and then the third partner was what I call the minder. He was more of the manager guy who, you know, was very good with the, the staff and, and just um, managing the office generally. So you've got like three really different strengths and the way people value strengths can be quite different. And in this particular example, it went it went sour. Um, mostly, I, I think, because the, the grinder's spouse started to get resentful that, well, you're doing these killer hours. Uh, your your fee generation is huge, and it and it dwarfs the other two partners. Um, you deserve more. Um, it's not a fair split. This isn't a fair partnership. Um, and, and so that that um, I guess grew into a a rift between the partners, and it eventually led to the split and demise of the practice. And everyone went their own separate ways in the end. And um, I think really it's it's hard for a spouse or someone on the outside to see the other strengths. It, it might not be in in numbers, but they all had they're all contributing to the firm in different ways. 
and um, it, uh, yeah, I just think it came down to values and and people not being able to recognise on a balance sheet how some, how the others were contributing. Um, so I think again, that's just communication at the front end, and I don't think they really sat down at the start and said, okay, what are you what are you guys good at? What am I good at? How do we? Um, you know, they they were actually a really good combination because uh, they they had those different strengths, but I don't think they were they really sat down and thought about it um, beforehand. And anyway, it, it led to a bit of a collapse. So um, that's probably an example of one that didn't go so great. Other ones that go well are um, people, you know, they might have similar um, personality traits as the three guys I just described, but at the start they sit down and they go, right, um, uh, we know you're the grinder. You, you love just being warehoused. And you just love sitting there plugging out the work. Um, <clears throat> that's cool. Well, I'll feed you that work. You know, my job will be to bring it in. I'll go out and, you know, I've got these targets. Let's say I've got to get 10 new accounts a month. You know, that's my target. And um, that's me holding up my end of the bargain. As long as I'm getting those 10 in to feed you to do X amount of dollars per month, you know, that's that's my part of the bargain. And it's being clear about you know, what you're going to do and putting that into some sort of um, heads of agreement or a partnership agreement at the start uh, with your KPIs. And, and then you've got something, a bit of a charter to run off as, as time progresses. And if someone isn't pulling their weight, you can say, well, hang on, we can pull out your charter and say, well, we, this is what we're aiming for. What's going wrong here? Why, why aren't we meeting these targets? Or are you, are you having trouble um, fulfilling your obligations? Do we need to revise this? Do we need to adjust things? And you just keep communicating and amending it and add to it. Sometimes the targets that you pluck out at the start, you, you don't know how things are going to go. So you just got to get something down and have a guess, your best guess. And then and then meet you know, regularly, whether it's once a week or once a month and, and revise those targets. And you, know, you just keep refining and improving and, and stay together and, and, and gel and you know, just get stronger and better. It's such uh, <clears throat> critical advice, and I think that's that's a key word as well, Aaron. Is so many people go into these things without seeking advice from somebody like yourself, that for the sake of, um, I don't know what your exorbitant hourly rates are, mate, but you know, for the sake of uh, maybe five hundred, a thousand, or, or five thousand bucks, doesn't really matter what that initial investment is. It can actually avoid, you know, the three guys where it all fell apart. I suspect that cost more than a, a couple of grand. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, obviously, it can it can vary from from business to business, and and how it you know it can get as complex as you want to make it. But I think you know at a very basic level, even if you can't afford to go and see a lawyer, like just sit down and and make your own agreement. You know, there's nothing wrong with just sitting there and saying, right, what sort of hours are we both comfortable working? Um, how much money do we both want to make? Um, uh, you know, where do we want to take this business and where do we see it in, in one year, two year, five years? Um, where do we want to take this thing? And what sort of lifestyle do we want to have? Do we want to be the guys that just, you know, work crazy hours and, and bust bust our guts for for a couple of years to get ahead? Or do we have we got a longer term game where we, you know, we want to be able to have a hit of golf here and there or go fishing or, you know, have a bit of fun in between. And so you've kind of got to find someone that, matches up with your um, with your ideal business model because if you 
if you're the lifestyle guy and you and you want to just take it a bit easy and you match up with a grinder who wants to just grind it out, you're going to have problems unless mm. you're clear. Yep. And and it really goes back to a little uh, axiom of if it's not written down, it's not on this planet. Uh, I know we've both heard that a few times, Aaron, and just putting yeah. something on paper is so very powerful. So, mate, another area that I, I see tradies perhaps get a little bit uh, overwhelmed with or or maybe confused by is the area of commercial leasing so um, leasing premises in particular Uh, any any tips for our listeners around entering into leases again some of those maybe uh, simple things that people overlook or don't get right from the start that can cause them problems later yeah um I guess um, one common misconception that people seem to have is that, you know, you can just, as a tenant, you can just sort of walk away from a lease when you feel like it. And, and, and that's certainly not true. Commercial leases by their nature are usually longer than a residential lease. You know, quite often they're, they're a sort of a three-year term. And that, and that effectively means you're bound to stay there for the three years on the terms you've agreed um, and if you do need to leave early for any reason, if things don't work out or, or you, you, you outgrow that space, it's up to you to essentially, you know, you, you're liable for the, for the rental until the end of that term unless you can find a replacement tenant um, to take over your obligations. Or if you sell the business, you know, you'll have to have the lease assigned over to the, to the buyer who will take over that lease. So that's a, that's a common one that, that I see. Um, as for the critical terms of a commercial lease, What's most negotiable are um, firstly, well, the rent. And and the way to do that is to have a look at comparable spaces around town and to make sure that what they're charging is fair market uh, rate. And um, secondly, bond. Um, These days, it's quite popular for landlords to want a bank guarantee instead of of cash. And um, there's a few reasons for that. But effectively, that's like a, a financial product that you get off your... Uh, your bank sets it up and um, it's a piece of paper that you effectively hand the landlord and they keep it in their safe. And if you ever break the lease uh, or, or breach the terms, you don't pay the rent, the landlord can walk into the bank and effectively just withdraw that money and, and the bank has it locked in an account um, and, and usually secured um, against your property or um, as the tenant, you, you, you're liable for that. Um, the other, the other key terms of the leases really are um, how the rent's reviewed each year. Usually landlords will want to see an annual rent increase. Um, CPI is a, is a common increase method. It's usually, at the moment, it's about 3%. So you've got to budget for those increases every year. Um, if you can get a rent-free period, that's ideal when you're starting a new lease. Um, it's always worth asking for a rent-free period to get you a foot in the door and let you... Uh, you know, let you get settled in and started up and and profitable. Um, you know, that mate, if it's a, a month rent free or three months rent free, or you know, go as hard as you can and fit out contributions. Some landlords will contribute to your fit out um, because you know landlords want long term tenants and that helps them w- with their financial dealings because they can go off to their bank then and say, look, I've got this five year tenant. Um, and often they'll borrow money on the strength of that. So often they'll chip in for your uh, for your fit out. And um, it's not always the case, but sometimes it is. So it's always worth asking. 
uh, the question um, if they'll contribute to your fit-out costs. Yeah, so what you're really saying is you don't necessarily have to accept the terms that the landlord's first presenting. That's always, you know, worth negotiating, see what else you can get. That's right. You know, it's um, every every aspect is negotiable and, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of competition for, for landlords, especially in commercial space with, you know, warehouses and workshop type um, premises. There's a lot of options in, in a lot of places. So often they're competing against each other to get your, to get you on as a tenant. So, you know, uh, at the moment it's, it's a pretty good space to be in as a tenant and, which means you've got a bit more leeway with your negotiations. So, um, yeah, it's always worth negotiating. And, you know, if you've got trouble with that, come and see someone like me to do the negotiations for you. And I've normally got a pretty good feel of, you know, what's reasonable and what's fair and, and what other landlords are accepting at the moment. And so do you have any thoughts around whether you should, you know, rent or buy? Which one is often best? Well, I mean, it just depends on on your own financial situation and um, I normally handball that back to your accountant. I think, you know, that's probably the starting uh, point for that conversation. But what's popular at the moment is um, uh, a setup where you can you can buy the commercial premises using uh, a self-managed super fund. Um, so you can actually um, uh, harness the power of your superannuation and um, use that money to acquire your business premises using using a super fund structure, that then leases the premises back to your trading entity and you trade from the premises and you effectively pay your super fund the rent. So rather than the rent going to a third party landlord and not benefiting you in any way, you're 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 loading it into your um, your super fund and typically those leases are set up at you know, market rates and, and, and your money's, um, you know, going in, into an environment that has um, much more favourable tax outcomes. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, this is where accountants uh, come into it as well. And uh, the starting point, I think, is um, comes down to your budgeting and, you know, affordability and, and all of those questions. But there's advantages to both. And, you know, for me personally, it depends what phase your business is in as well. If you're in a if you don't know if you're going to grow or outgrow that space, you know, maybe it's ideal to rent for a while until you kind of know what your business is doing. But if you've got a really set idea on the size of your business and you know those premises are going to be great for you for, for a number of years, then maybe you should look at buying. But if things are likely to change, then maybe renting's the way to go. Cool. Thanks for that. So uh, make sure, yeah, check with your account because it sounds like there's some cool things that you can do around that space to make it benefit you more. So one thing we like to ask all our guests is if you had a thousand tradies in a room, what would be the one thing you'd like to tell them? Um, well, Besides I mean, seek legal advice often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, get, get legal advice is a good one. Um, I, I guess um, what's, what's heartbreaking for me is um, the amount of tradies I see that you know, go belly up and, and don't get paid and, and subbies that get left out in the cold and, and don't get paid. And, and I know it's a really tricky area and, you know, I'd like to be able to think that they should be able to get more money up front, um, you know, for their services. And I know it's not always possible, but 
I, I just encourage them to get their trading terms um, clear and, and wherever possible, you know, get deposits and get money up front if you can, um, you know, or, or, a, or a sizable deposit just to, just to um, help protect them because it's, you know, it's a pretty sad reoccurring story that, that you see out there where, where good people have done nothing wrong, provided a good service and um, end up getting shafted and um, not paid and end up going broke. Yeah, and it's an issue we did talk about um, with QBCC Commission on our previous episodes. Uh, I know it is a big area. Um, so thanks so much for your time today. Now, if anyone wants to talk about and get some more advice from you, how can they find out about you? You can visit our website, uh, www.onsitelaw.com.au, um, and that's got all our contact information on there. Um, feel free to give us a call. You know, uh, we've got a... Uh, no fee, you know, catch up chat to um, to hear your story and if there's something we can help you with, um, you know, then we can go from there. But, you know, we've got a pretty open door policy so you can give us a call anytime or um, shoot us an email or, you know, drop by for coffee. Nice. And uh, I have to tell our listeners as well, Aaron, that you've got a ping pong table uh, in your office. Is it is it still there, mate? We do. It's in two parts at the moment, but uh, yeah, we, we do push it together and um, yeah, come down and take me on. I was the uh, 1995 uh, Fijian Resort champion, so uh, uh, <laughs> many, many challenges have come and failed, but if you think you're good enough, come and have a crack. So, oh, I think I, I can see a Warwick challenge coming <laughs> on here. No, he killed me. He killed me. So there you go. <laughs> if, if you happen to be on the Sunshine Coast, listeners, uh, drop by Aaron at Onsite Law and see if you can kick his butt uh, on his own, on his home table. Uh, and certainly if you do want to check out uh, the guys or get some advice, um, go to onsitelaw.com.au. Not your average lawyers. I know uh, Aaron's been on the odd surf trip and uh, likes to partake of a beard um, when he goes away on holidays. So, uh, mate, thanks for being on the show and, uh, yeah, some great advice in there. Okay, fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Right, thanks. So there you go. That was uh, Aaron Veggie Griffiths from Onsite Law. Oh, he's going to love that. <laughs> G'day, Aaron. Um, I think that's classic. I can just picture him... You know, doing the whole Buddhist vegetarian thing and working on the road, gang. <laughs> so they got meat pies and he's got <laughs> a salad. Or, a, or a, I don't know, a phyllo triangle with ricotta in it. And spinach. Anyway, so um, some really good tips in there about uh, leasing and renting premises. But I think there was also some great stuff about should you rent or buy? Um, mm. And a lot of people don't realize that there are some other strategies that you can put in place in your business um, to get where you want to go. And the, the key thing for me is go and get advice um, yep. before it's too late or before you get to the arguments is much better to go get some advice, spend 300, 500, 1000 bucks, whatever it costs to do things right from the start. Same as you know, if you're building a house or buying a car or whatever. Yep. Good advice. Cool. And other good advice is to also check Train out. Team. Yes. Yeah. And to do that, we recommend <laughs> and work with face-to-face -face training. And they can, if you want to upskill your staff, whether it be leadership, management, or um, different certificates and yep. actually get more skills recognised, there is some government incentives that you can get that may make it uh, no out-of-pocket expenses, but talk to the team because there's some legal stuff that we never cover off. <laughs> yeah, we always get in trouble about that, don't we? We do. So we're 
well, we're covering our bottom, so we don't need to get Aaron's help to get yeah. us out of our <laughs> there you go. situation. Yep. So this is Talk why to you, the professionals. That's right. So head to face to face training. No, face to face edu.au. We're going to have to put that up on our wall because I always get it wrong. <laughs> put it on your wall, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So face to edu.au and uh, have a chat to the guys. Tell them Wazza and Michaela at Tradies Business Show Centre and they'll look after you. And uh, if you want to get access to uh, some more business tips and tools, extended interviews with some of our guests, we've had some really good uh, ninja tips shared with us by uh, some of the guests on the show, uh, webinars, we've already had uh, our first webinar, we've got another one coming up very soon, go to tradiesbusinesstoolkit.com, it'll cost you the princely sum of $1 to get your first 30 days access, and if you join before June 30, so time's just about up, You'll get ongoing access to that for just $10 a month. There's a private Facebook group with some really cool discussion in there that Michaela and I check into every day. Um, after June 30, price goes up. Yeah, and next week's the next webinar on marketing. Marketing. So that's worth a dollar alone. Absolutely. That's that's worth $11. That's like worth the first 30 days and it then is. another $10 payment. Yeah, well, we'll be when we put it together and know what we're going to tell you. But <laughs> Hang on. Don't, don't shatter the <laughs> illusion. So, yeah, go check it out. Uh, thanks for joining us, listeners. Great to have you with us. Uh, really appreciate you tuning into the show. And until next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools and into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.